0: Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From Transport Topics in Washington, D.C., this is Road Signs. This podcast is brought to you by International Truck. Now, here is your host, Seth Clevenger. Welcome, and thank you for listening to Road Signs, the podcast series from Transport Topics that explores the trends and technologies that are shaping the future of trucking. In this episode, we're going to take a close look at the emergence of digital freight brokers and on-demand freight networks. It's become abundantly clear in recent years that the technology world has discovered trucking. Major tech firms, as well as startups, in Silicon Valley and beyond, are targeting freight transportation as the next big industry ripe for disruption. And many of these new players in the trucking business are focusing their efforts on freight matching. These digital freight brokers are using mobile apps and automated transactions to more efficiently match trucks with available loads to haul. But this trend also raises an important question. How much can we automate business processes in an industry that has traditionally relied so much on trusted business relationships among carriers, brokers, and shippers? We'll set out to answer that question in this episode. To learn more about how these digital freight platforms work, we're gonna speak with two of the leading players in this space. One of those companies is Uber, Later in the program, we're going to speak with Stefan Solstrom of Uber Freight to discuss how this company that rose to prominence through its ride-hailing app is applying some of the same technology and ideas to the trucking industry. But first, we're excited to welcome an executive from another major player in this emerging market for on-demand freight matching. Ziad Ismail is Chief Product Officer at Convoy, a Seattle-based startup founded in 2015 that has now raised more than $265 million from investors such as Google parent Alphabet Inc., Thanks for joining us, Ziad.
2: Seth, great to be with you on the podcast. So how does it
1: work? You know, for those who aren't familiar with Convoy, could you just explain how the driver or the carrier interacts with your freight platform? So just take us through the process of, of booking and moving a load on Convoy.
2: Sure. So the first thing you have to do as a driver is to sign up with Convoy. This is the first place that you notice that Convoy is different. We've done a bunch of work to make that onboarding super simple For most brokerages that you work with, that process can take multiple days or multiple weeks. We figured out how to do that within a couple of minutes. So a driver can now sign up with Convoy and get going without uploading any paperwork. Um, And we've built all the systems underneath to make sure that we have all the compliance and all the regulation that we need to onboard those carriers. Once a driver is onboarded, they just open the app. And they can start either searching for jobs, or as we learn more about the drivers, we recommend uh, jobs to them. When they find a load that they like, they can either accept it outright, and so we have a accept now. If they accept it, it's theirs. They can also bid. Different drivers have different circumstances, and so it's not always that the fixed price is going to make sense. So we've added the uh, bidding option. Once they've taken the load, They keep the app open during the duration of the ride, and we can track all the milestones during the shipment. And then finally, when the load is completed, they take a picture of the BOL, and we will pay them within a day or so, which is our quick pay functionality, uh, which means that drivers don't have any issues with cash flow. What's happening underneath this system is that we're learning from every single interaction. We observe things like, are the things that we're recommending Are they interesting to drivers? Are they taking them? Did they take it at the price that we thought they would take it? Or was there something wrong in our pricing model? Did they arrive on time or not? And then we also learn a bunch of things about the shippers. How are the facilities performing? How are the wait times? And then we use all this data so that the next shipment we try to match in our network, we do with uh, better accuracy, better pricing, and better relevance.
1: Got it. And you know, what's the typical profile for a carrier using your service? You now, they, they tend to be small fleets and uh, individual drivers, right? Uh, or is it a little bit broader than that?
2: Yeah. So the typical carrier in Convoy's network is a carrier with one to 20 trucks. We really started our business going after the small carriers, and we did that for two reasons. First one is that we noticed that Most of the new capacity in the industry is being built among the small carriers. It's growing much faster than the mid-market or the large carriers. The second thing is the small carriers are also the most underserved. The experience they have uh, is the worst when it comes to finding work, getting paid on time, dealing with attention and all the other problems that they run into. Um, And so that's where we started. We built an Android app and a uh, iPhone app. And we were very, very quickly able to get uh, rapid adoption among these carriers.
1: Okay. And how much business does Convoy currently do with midsize and large carriers beyond that? You know, is there interest in expanding your service to larger fleets?
2: Yeah. So we, noted, we looked at our data and we noticed that organically, even though we haven't targeted the midsize carriers, a bunch of midsize carriers had started signing up for Convoy and doing a lot of work on our network. Uh, we noticed this roughly a year ago. And what we what we observed was that the way we were offering work to these carriers wasn't necessarily the way they wanted to do their work. Uh, in particular, they wanted us to build a website for them. So we launched uh, what we called Carrier Web about a year ago. And we've been very we've been working very closely with kind of the mid-size base as well to figure out what are the other things in the experience that we can build for them that gives them all the benefits that we can offer the small carriers, but also fits with how they run their their business which is slightly different in terms of uh, how they select jobs and how they allocate jobs to specific drivers.
1: Okay, and I also want to look at this from the shipper perspective. So why would a shipper choose to use Convoy instead of a more traditional broker?
2: The thing we, the thing we hear from shippers that we work with is that it's really resonating with them the way we've built the company and what they experience from us. Because we've used a lot of technology and we can figure out which carrier to give the job to, and we can do better work on relevance and we can do better work in terms of matching the right job with the right carrier. There are all these benefits that accrue both to the carrier and to the shipper. So some of the examples that we hear are our on-time performance is higher than what they see from other brokers. We also end up having a lower cost structure. And once we sign up for a shipment, we typically end up doing that shipment. We do not return shipments uh, to the shipper. Returning shipments means that the shipper might be placed in a situation where they will miss their SLA with whoever they're delivering to, or they may have to pay a substantial premium. So that ends up being very painful. Uh, Convoy has been awarded Broker of the Year from several of the largest shippers in the US. And that's, that's kind of one of the ways we feel like we've been recognized for our higher SLA. If you, if you step back and kind of just look at it at a macro level and you think about what the biggest shippers are thinking about, one of them is the issue of capacity. And as I mentioned, a lot of the capacity is really growing in the smaller part of the market with the small carriers. Uh, Convoy provides them a way of really tapping into this capacity so that they have a way of continuing to have this capacity as their business grows, even though there are constraints right now in the market. The second thing is there's really been a shift towards technology, and every single shipper is thinking about having a technology and innovation partner. We've been able to innovate together with shippers. We introduced, for example, a program called uh, Universal Trailer Pool, which essentially lets the shippers do things like drop shipments, but with a small carrier, something that's never been possible before. There are a bunch of innovations like that that we're actively working with shippers on right now. And so having a technology partner is um, a super important area for every ship right now.
3: At International Truck, we know that when it comes to the future, we all have a lot of questions. How do we take the chain off the supply chain? Will my fleet survive in an on-demand world? Will electric charge ahead of diesel? Will artificial intelligence replace How can us? Connectivity disconnect can I us? All? Use Will my fleet
4: become obsolete? How can I use How technology technology to is to the Could technology, technology disconnect us?
3: What's next? Let's talk about it. Join International Truck in driving transportation forward at UpNextTrucking.com.
1: Yeah, this is all really fascinating. Historically, the transportation industry has been built on trust between business partners. The relationship between the carrier and the shipper, or the broker and the shipper, has been really important. So how far can you go in terms of automating freight transactions? Can we eliminate manual processes like phone calls and back and forth negotiations while still maintaining the necessary comfort level for both parties?
2: Yeah, this is a great question. We definitely heard this early on. When we were first starting Convoy, we heard that there was a necessity to have phone calls and emails and faxes and other documentation to build a highly efficient company. Um, I think we just think about it differently. So let me give you an example if you look at Amazon and kind of the consumer shopping experience on Amazon, they are much more automated than other retailers. Take Sears, for example. However, most consumers probably have a much better experience and a much higher level of trust with Amazon than Sears. And so I don't think building trust has anything to do with the number of conversations you have. In fact, I think lots of conversations maybe a sign that something isn't working in the way that somebody's running their business. And in general, people do not like calling customer service. It's not a great experience. It should be the exception when something cannot be handled in a different way. So we're now at the point with Convoy where our earliest markets, we have more than 90% of our loads being matched automatically without a broker. It ends up being a much better experience for the drivers. They can get what they want much faster. It also means that we have lower costs of brokering and we can pass on those savings both to the driver and to the shippers. I'm very bullish that we'll continue to see a bunch of additional progress on automation and it's not in conflict with building trust. If anything, the thing we see is that we're building a strong brand with drivers and with shippers because we're able to get more efficiency and more automation. But I also want to say that automation in itself is not a goal for Convoy. Our goal is really to build an incredible experience for both shippers and carriers. And so there's a rate at which you can drive automation. And if you go above that, you're probably compromising the experience that your customers have. And if you automate at a much slower pace than what is possible, then what's happening is that you're not taking a bunch of cost out of your, your business fast enough, and you're limiting what you can pay drivers or what you can pass back to shippers. So we constantly think about how much automation should we be driving versus where can we just drive a better human process inside the company?
1: Sure. So one of the biggest pain points for drivers is excessive wait time at customer facilities. And Convoy has a really interesting approach to this. Through your automated detention feature, you offer guaranteed detention pay for drivers, even if the shipper doesn't pay. So tell us more about how that works and why you feel it's an important step.
2: We have a team called Carrier Experience and their job is focused exclusively on understanding what is bothering carriers and what can we do to make the lives of carriers better we surveyed our carrier base, and we asked them what are the most annoying things about being a truck driver? And one of the top things that came out was the problems around detention. Detention is one of those things in the industry where drivers first end up having a really bad experience where they arrive to pick up a load, and then they may be delayed for anywhere from a couple of hours to sometimes even a day. On top of the delay, which disrupts the rest of their schedule as well. In many times, it is very, very complicated for the drivers to collect the detention pay that they are eligible for. The reason for that is that there are inconsistent rules around what you need to do to earn this payment, how many hours, what kind of documentation, and then the payout is also very inconsistent. In some cases, it's so frustrating that drivers say that they aren't even interested in trying to pursue the process to collect this detention payment and so what ends up happening is in some cases brokers actually approach detention as a profit center because drivers may not be requesting it brokers can request it and they can keep the spread between what they collect and what they pay out we just took a very different approach to it our first view was we actually don't want this to be a profit center we should treat this as a problem in the industry. And the moment we think about this as something we can make money on, we're gonna start driving the wrong behavior inside our company. So the team kind of took this on. And what we realized is we already have a lot of the data in place. Because the drivers are using our app, we know when they arrive. We've built geolocation information about all, all the facilities. So we know when they arrived at the facility, relative to the appointment and we know how long they've waited by the time they've been loaded so given all that we can essentially take out all the complexity for the driver and just automate automatically pay out the detention with no effort uh, from any of the drivers this was a this was something we launched earlier this year and we've received incredible feedback for the drivers And there are lots of other problems like this that we need to go after to solve the efficiency gaps in the trucking industry.
1: Got it. Well, while we're on that topic, are there some other examples of ways Convoy is working to streamline some of the business processes in the industry?
2: Yeah, so I would really put it in two buckets. The first one is internally within Convoy, we are streamlining everything from how we onboard carriers, how we do matchmaking, how we do detention, how we do payments. We think that as we really scale the business and we have more data, all of these problems end up being easier. And that's what we've seen from founding the company until where we are now.
1: So let's also take a moment to talk about the growing level of competition in this digital freight matching space. So other companies such as Cargomatic, Uber Freight, and Transfix also have entered the industry in recent years to try and improve uh, freight efficiency and, and automate business processes through the use of technology. So are you starting to run into these other digital freight brokers in the market, or do you see yourselves still competing more with existing freight brokers?
2: Yeah, the the freight market is a giant market. It's almost a trillion dollars in the US alone. Uh, In reality, the market can probably be bigger than it is today. It's constrained by the capacity that's available. We really don't come across the uh, digital freight brokers a lot. Most of the market share today is held by the traditional brokers. There's about 15,000 in the U.S. And as a a culture, we really spend most of our time on the customer side. We believe that being customer obsessed is the most important thing we can do at this stage in the company. And certainly given how fragmented the industry is, uh, we direct our team to spend all their energy on really building the solutions. Uh, And it will be a long time until we'll want to direct our energy towards uh, other things than that.
1: Uh, While I have you here, is there anything else you'd want to bring up about Convoy's uh, business plans moving forward?
2: We're really excited by uh, the fundraise. We're excited about Google coming on board as an investor for Series C. And we think that the uh, investment by Google and some of the other uh, advisors that we have around the company will let us accelerate substantially over the next year and a half. And we're really excited about being in the great industry. It's, uh, it's an industry that's going through a lot of technology transformation right now and uh, yeah we're just having a great time being part of it.
3: At International Truck, we know that when it comes to on-demand trucking, we all have a lot of questions. Can I evolve to meet new expectations? Is my fleet connected enough to survive in an on-demand world? Is on-demand trucking the answer to capacity issues?
2: How will the needs of the driver evolve on-demand trucking? How will the this technology and benefit trucking companies of all sizes?
3: What's next? Let's talk about it. Join International Truck in driving transportation forward at upnexttrucking.com.
1: Next on Road Signs, we're thrilled to welcome Stefan Solström, a product manager at Uber Freight, which offers an app that connects trucking companies with available loads. Stefan heads the development of Uber Freight's shipper platform and also has a background in product design and auto, the self-driving truck startup that Uber acquired a couple years ago. Thanks for joining us, Stefan.
5: Seth, thanks for thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show.
1: For the benefit of those who aren't familiar with Uber Freight, could you explain how using your app is different from working with a traditional freight
5: broker? Absolutely. Uh, So Uber Freight is different in that it's a marketplace platform um, that is completely transforming this multi-billion dollar freight industry uh, by connecting shippers directly with carriers. Um, So we're different first in that we provide this upfront transparent pricing and and second in that we allow both sides of that marketplace to book a shipment with just a tap of a button. So push a button, get a truck. uh, It's really that simple and it does work.
1: So you alluded to this one really interesting facet of Uber Freight's platform is it does provide that upfront pricing for loads, which really does away with the back and forth negotiations between the driver and the broker. So how challenging is it for Uber to you know, make sure that it determines the right price point that is attractive to the driver while still competitive for the shipper?
5: Yeah, so, so it's actually a very tough problem. Uh, and, and when you look at the marketplace for trucks today, the market price for a single truck, uh, it's, it's incredibly opaque. Um, so let's say that you're a shipper um, and, and you have a shipment and you call three different brokers. The market price for that day is really whatever the broker wants it to be. Uh, and that's on the shipper side. On the carrier side, in many ways, that calculus is even more complex. Uh, a carrier might be thinking about where they need to go the difficulty of that lane, the unloading and loading conditions and and time and their familiarity with the route, all these different things. So for drivers and carriers, pricing is really, really hard. Uh, So to solve that, we have a large team of data scientists Um, over here. We call they're called the, the marketplace dynamics team. Um, And their entire job is actually given all of the data available uh, through the app and the shipper platform and some outside data sources um, is to dynamically balance that marketplace and ensure that the prices shippers see fall well between the band of their expectations. And then on the carrier side, the prices that drivers see um, should feel like opportunities that are actually worthwhile for their time.
1: Sure. Now, in recent years, Uber has pursued a couple of different ventures in trucking. You know, one is this uh, freight matching through Uber Freight, and the other was a self-driving truck program under Uber's Advanced Technologies Group. So the company recently halted development on uh, self-driving trucks uh, to focus on automation for passenger cars, but it also announced that it was doubling its investment in Uber Freight. So can can you tell us why Uber has decided to target the freight market. You know, what makes trucking a good business opportunity for a technology company like Uber?
5: Sure. Uh, yeah. So so first off, it's been great to see Uber's support, um, you know, of what we're up to at, at freight grow so much uh, over these last few quarters. Um, so what makes it a good opportunity? Um, I think that there are three things that make Uber Freight an incredible incredible opportunity for Uber to really double down on. And the first is really the size of the problems in the freight industry. So the size of the pain points that we see um, all across the industry. When you actually go and, and talk to some of these shippers and carriers, and you start to understand the way that they actually move freight, um, you, you realize that there's so much opportunity for, for technology to come in and solve these recurring, like, truly hairy problems that they have. Uh, so, so many of like the current tech solutions in the market, um, you know, they were developed a, a decade ago, and they don't actually really make use of some of the um, more uh, modern benefits of tech that we have. So that real time GPS, mobile phones, machine learning. Uh, you know, and all of this is really tech that we now get to bring into the industry um, to actually solve their pain points. And, and to us, that's a huge advantage. Um, this, the second reason is really uh, Uber's logistics expertise. Um, so, you know, s- several years ago, Uber started out with just black cars, like limousines, you know, and, and they grew well beyond that to all these different car types, different modes of transportation, different geos and, and uh, you know, whole lines of business. Um, and along the way in that growth, it's really built out this incredibly flexible suite uh, of tools and you know, expertise um, that now at Uber Freight, we actually get to leverage uh, and use to really scale really, really quickly. Um, so, so first, you know, big industry problems, then Uber's logistics expertise. The, the third thing is really the size of this market. Um, you know, Uber is a growing company, and it's obviously looking to make investments where the upsides are incredibly large. Um, And you know, freight in in the US alone is an almost $800 billion market. Uh, And then when you start to look globally, that number grows even more substantially. Uh, So I think that Uber sees this business completely teed up for incredible growth potential. And so they came to us and they doubled down.
1: So when you look at the trucking industry, many of the large fleets have been using technology to really drive their businesses for decades now but some of the traditional uh, smaller fleets and independent drivers uh, still generally rely on manual processes such as phone calls and paperwork. Now the carriers using Uber Freight tend to be owner operators and small fleets, up to about 10 trucks. And uh, is that the segment of the industry where you really saw the, the greatest opportunity to apply your technology?
5: Yeah, that's, that's correct. Uh, you know, small fleets and owner ops are, are really our main focus here. Um, So we see this pool of drivers as some of the most dedicated and really diverse um, and hard to get to drivers out there. Um, And, you know, today when a large shipper needs capacity, the last place they'd really think to turn are to these individual drivers and fleets. Um, But in fact, there's a tremendous source of capacity there. It's really where the majority of the capacity from a truck's perspective lives in the market. And I think the market's almost forgotten about it, it seems. Um so what the app does is it lets us aggregate this long tail of carriers um, and all these small fleets start to look like one large virtual fleet. And there's a lot of capacity there.
1: So we've been looking at this from the carrier perspective, but Uber Freight also has developed a, an interface for the shipper side of the transaction. So what's the advantage for the shippers? You know, why would they choose to use a platform like Uber Freight instead of just going to a traditional freight broker?
5: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Um, You know, this is the product that I get to work on every day. Um, So I'm super excited of what we've been able to get out into the market and where we are so far. Uh, But you asked about advantage. The advantage for shippers really starts with an unmatched transparency. So that's transparency both for the price and for the tracking. Um, So shippers, uh, as soon as they log on, they can get a real-time quote. And that quote is actually guaranteed. So when the market shifts, we're not going to call them back and say, we don't have a truck for you. We guarantee that price. And then once the the load is actually moving, we're going to give you that real time GPS truck location um, that a lot of shippers are really, really craving. And I think that the next advantage is is probably the ability um, to tap into this scalable network of capacity. Um, and w- with that large base of, of carriers, plus we have this, uh, you know, super large always-on ops team in Chicago, uh, you get a, end up getting a level of reliability that I think actually surprises a lot of shippers um, who have never used us before. And so far, shippers who are using the platform, um, the, the feedback has been incredibly positive. Um, and you know, they're inviting a lot of their uh, businesses that they work with to to get onboarded as well.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to return to uh, the carrier side for a moment here and wanted to ask if Uber Freight has any interest in expanding its service to midsize and large fleets, or do you feel that segment of the industry is already well served by technology?
5: So today we're, you know, we're pretty laser focused on the smaller fleets and independent owner operators. Um, you know, there's there's many trucks there, as I previously mentioned. And on that side of the market, we've actually been able to scale to meet our volume there. Uh, but with that said, as we continue to grow, uh we do, you know, we already work with select large larger fleets today and uh you know, actually recently we launched a product called fleet mode which actually works um on fleets, you know, three trucks all the way up to 300, you know, fleets of all sizes. So it's definitely something that um we've been exploring as we as we grow larger.
1: Yeah, I also want to talk to you about you know this interesting question of balancing automation with business relationships, and I ask that because historically the the transportation industry has really relied on a certain level of trust between the carrier and the shipper, uh, or the broker and the shipper. So, how far can you go in terms of automating the transaction? You know, how do you reduce manual processes like phone calls and negotiations while still maintaining a, a level of comfort for both parties?
5: Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, so. Uh, From a relationship perspective, um, something I'll say here um, is that we have a deep obsession with our customers, Uh, and and this leads to some really close and direct relationships. Um, So like, for instance, me, I'm speaking directly with shippers every week. I'm trying to understand their businesses um, and trying to improve the products that I build um, to actually make their lives better. Uh, So I think we think about relationships a little bit differently. Uh, and it starts with the, the way you build a relationship. So the best way to build, uh, you know, a relationship is really to build it on trust. Uh, and for me, trust in, in this industry um, is really built on reliability, um, being reliable every single time. So, so one core belief um, that we have uh, is that if we can make things reliable for both sides of the market, reliable for shippers in terms of price and on-time deliveries, reliable for carriers in terms of of volume um, and regular lanes. Uh, So we can build these meaningful, long-lasting relationships with our customers and then kind of get a flywheel going because once we have those long-lasting relationships, we can actually gather feedback from them. And then, like I was saying before, kind of rebuild uh, in that feedback into the product and make it even better for them.
1: You know, when we look at... um... The current market freight demand is really strong right now, and truck hauling capacity is constrained, and that means the driver has a lot of options. So, in this environment where drivers are in such high demand, how do you make hauling loads with Uber Freight a better option than some of the many alternatives out there?
5: Yeah, I think that this is actually where Uber Freight can really come through for for drivers and shippers. Um, so, on Freight, we started with a strategy of being incredibly carrier. Obsessed carrier focused Um, and what this has led to is us building a suite of features um, That is incredibly beneficial to them. So it really like starts with features like quick payment You know, we'll always pay them in under seven days. Typically it's under two days Um, And you know moves on to like keeping their trucks utilized Um, You know today that's one of the biggest problems for an uh, independent owner op is really finding those loads, and, and uh, Uber Freight is a really, really great way to keep your truck loaded. Um, and then finally, like allowing these these uh, carriers and truck drivers to actually book a load uh, with a touch of a button, without having to deal with negotiating or anything like that, um, has really built up this core base of carriers um, that has actually started to develop a lot of loyalty to the app. Um, so even Even if there are other opportunities out there, we see them kind of coming back um, to use Uber Freight over and over and over again because we give them all these benefits. Um, So I I think there's been an incredible amount uh, of value from the capacity gathering side there.
4: Hi, I'm Mark Johnson, Vice President of Marketing at International Truck. Thanks for listening to this Transport Topics podcast. At International Truck, we're focused on using emerging technologies and industry partnerships to help drive important change. Take on-demand trucking. As expectations grow to increase efficiency and reduce costs while delivering products faster than ever, many in our industry question how we must adapt in order to keep up. We anticipate on-demand trucking, enabled by connectivity, to have the potential to boost efficiency and profits alike. At International Truck, we understand the possibilities of digital load matching and big data to bring greater value to you, our customers. All of this change is happening faster than ever, and it's creating opportunity. As industry leaders, together with you, we want to address advancements from electrification and connectivity to the digital supply chain and more, so we can all move to a successful tomorrow. Join International Truck in driving transportation forward at upnexttrucking.com.
1: As we wind down, let's take a moment to consider what we've heard and reflect on our original question. How much can we automate business processes in an industry traditionally built on trust and business relationships? We've already seen that automation and better market visibility can truly drive greater efficiency in trucking. Large third-party logistics firms have been working with shippers and fleets to streamline shipments for many years, and the new wave of digital freight brokers has been extending those same opportunities to smaller carriers and individual drivers. Looking ahead, there will likely be fewer phone calls and and back-and-forth emails in the trucking industry of the future. But the human touch will still be essential, especially for sensitive or high-value cargo and complex freight moves, and we'll still need people to respond when something unexpected happens in transit. And yes, that business relationship and trust between the carrier and the shipper or the broker will still be important, even as automation increases. Road signs will return soon with more industry insights and more guests who are shaping the future of freight.